0: Ring the bell. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Wrestlecast with Shelsey, the only pro wrestling podcast out of the Middle East. And today we have yet another podception because I am joined by the host of a Wrestling Gal podcast, Ella J. Welcome to the show, Ella.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: I'm really good to have you. How's everything going?
1: It's going as well as you can be. You know, I'm just glad it's a new year, a new start, um, hopefully anyways, and hopefully it's better than 2020 as a whole.
0: Yeah, I think everyone's wishing that 2021, please be nicer to everyone around the world. Absolutely. Before we jump in, I have to say I'm somewhat jealous of the people you have interviewed because I went on to your episodes the first time, my jaw was literally on the ground because to name a few people and a few of my favorites, you've interviewed Molina, Victoria, Sienna, SoCalVal and Mickey James, just to name a few. Now Mickey James really gets me because growing up she was one of my favorites, but wow, you have quite the guest list on your show.
1: I've been very fortunate that I've been able to establish like a rapport and and, like a working relationship with a bunch of the ladies you just mentioned. So I still can't believe it myself it took many many months of hard work to try and get it to all line up and figure it out but those are some of the best and my favorite interviews i've ever done so thank you for saying that if you don't think something's achievable it is because 12 years ago i wouldn't have imagined i would have interviewed my literal hero mickey james and here i am sitting and i've had interviewed her and now i'm working with them on goss so literally anything is achievable just keep persevering and pushing forward
0: You're working on them with Goss. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm a part of Team Gaw now. They just dropped their Gawcast podcast yesterday at the time of recording this. So I'm their editor on that. So that was really, really fun to collaborate and work with them on. We got a lot of stuff planned for 2021.
0: Wow, that's awesome to hear. Just before we jump into everything we have planned out today... It's a little thing we have on the show where we speak to all the guests and learn what got them into the world of pro wrestling and why they decided to do what they do today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What got you into wrestling and how did the podcast come off?
1: so I got into wrestling this summer of 2009 I was 11 years old just scrolling through TV on a Friday night because I wasn't doing anything else and I flipped by this guy with cool face paint and then I go back and it's Jeff Hardy now it was Jeff Hardy versus CM Punk in the loser leaves town match like Jeff's last match in 2009 in WWE before he returned in 2017 and so I was just really captivated by this guy who was doing high flying stuff and he was really charismatic Charismatic and really, really cool. And to see him battle CM Punk. And then I got really emotional when he gave his goodbye speech, even though this was my first time like watching wrestling. And so I was always into sports. Like I did a bunch of like volleyball, softball, and that growing up, but I never knew about wrestling for some reason. And so I was really captivated by that. And then Jeff left. And then so I started watching Friday Night Smackdown on a regular basis every week. And then I got integrated with like Mickey James and DX. Was there a a bit on Friday night, Smackdown towards the holidays, John Morrison, etc. So for a while, I was just really captivated by the superstars, the larger than life storylines and characters that I could relate to, especially Mickey. Unfortunately, the first women's storyline I was ever introduced to was Piggy James. So not one that I'm particularly proud of. But it brought to light some real life issues. And so I feel like I really connected with Mickey on that level with like body insecurities and stuff. So with that, I kind of stuck with wrestling and it was like an escape for me, escape from all the real life drama and hardships. So wrestling for me has been a really good escape the last 12 years. Now it'll be. I
0: can agree with you there. Wrestling has become a go to escape type sort of situation for a lot of people especially during 2020 so again it's kind of consistent with what everyone says they grew up either flipping channels or either just hearing about it from a friend and then they get addicted to it so it's absolutely awesome to hear that you could relate with just on your first episode of watching one match that's you jeff hardy and cm punk I'd say that was kind of one of the matches that got me going about that. Hey, this is real. They really feel their emotions and stuff like that. And they really try to convey it to you. So yeah, another great match that was. You've had the opportunity, like mentioned before, to speak with a lot of the up and coming female talent, a lot of the established and a lot of the legends of female wrestling through their perspective when you speak to them. How do you feel wrestling has changed for female division when it comes to transitioning from what it was like in the Attitude Era to the current modern era?
1: I feel like there's obviously a lot more opportunities for women and women are being showcased on a regular basis now. There's literally all women's promotions and shows now, like Mission Pro Wrestling, Flawless Wrestling, Sabotage Women is a all-women show too. So I feel like there's definitely more opportunities to shine and they get to train with some of the best people in the world wherever they're training at, whether it's with like Serena Deeb, Jazz is doing like a seminar in Texas right now with Thunder Rosa And so they get to learn from some of the best women in the world. I feel like back then, sometimes they were looked down to, if you're talking back in the attitude area, as just like eye candy or like managers or just like enhancement, not necessarily taken seriously in the ring. They were just kind of there to be some eye candy, which they were great at that. But I feel like it's definitely evolved since then. And it's a great learning the stories of women today and how much how far they've come and to share their stories is incredible. And some of the stories and some of the women I've talked to were inspired by People like Sasha and Bailey in that 2015 match, Takeover Brooklyn. I've heard multiple times now that that match was the reason they got into wrestling, like just not even five, six years ago. And to see them how far they've come, women inspire women today. And I feel like back then, people weren't loving the women for their wrestling ability. But today, there's so many powerful, talented, athletic women that you can look up to them. And so that's definitely really empowering to see.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And I can agree with the match Sasha Billy had at TakeOver. That was by far one of my favorite matches I've ever seen on an NXT pay per view, and they always will be. Apart from the fact that Sasha and Billy are two of my favorite female wrestlers and always will be, they managed to draw in so many people with that match. And they managed to break so many stereotypes that day that whatever you thought of female wrestling before is completely shattered now because we just put up one of the greatest matches pro wrestling will ever see. So yeah, I agree with you completely there. You say that you drew inspiration from Mickey James and that's quite evident. Would you say that she was one of the biggest reasons that you chose to keep going down this path or did you have a different motive or a different form of inspiration to really pursue pro wrestling towards whether it be speaking with a lot of the superstars or working on different projects?
1: Well, I'm going to be honest, I went to college and got a bachelor's in psychology, so I never planned on doing a podcast or like interviewing or something like that. So with that, I never planned to do it. It was kind of just a spontaneous thing. I had graduated with my bachelor's and then because I graduated in the winter and then I took like a six month break, like a semester off and was planning to go to grad school. I got accepted and everything. But then part of me was just like, I can't let go of wrestling because with grad school, it's a lot of time and work. And then I know wrestling would have to have been put on the back burner. So with that, I kind of unenrolled, and then just kind of spontaneously ordered some equipment. And I love talking about wrestling, and really looked up to like Alicia Toot and like Chris Van Fleet because they're incredible. And so with that, I kind of just ordered equipment and tested it out and then kind of just rolled with a wrestling gal and started my own podcast because I love talking about wrestling and I love sharing that with others. So for that, that was kind of not planned, but definitely Mickey is one of my biggest inspirations. Definitely why I got into women's wrestling, like her versus Layla was really the first women's match I ever remember seeing. It was a weird thing. Melina went to Raw. Mickey went to SmackDown in like October. I really don't know the reasoning behind it. But then I saw Mickey and then it was like Mickey and Maria and then like Michelle and Layla and then like Beth Phoenix was in there on SmackDown. And so that like lay cool storyline, as much as I cringe about it, really brought to light so many important topics that were real life that I could relate to. And then years later, hearing Mickey's story about having a rough childhood and overcoming abuse and all of that and her confidently sharing her story of how she overcame it like all these body insecurities and depression and a lot of other stuff nobody should have to go through really really inspired me and so that was a main reason why I did stick with women's wrestling was because of her but man that's a good question I definitely love women's wrestling and so I feel like I've always been one to feed off of each other and so I wanted my podcast to to be like about providing people with the female perspective on wrestling because we don't hear it a lot or as often today there's been a lot more coming out like last year but when I started it there wasn't that many female podcasters whether it's talking about women's wrestling or just wrestling as a whole so I wanted to share like a girl power thing and so I feel like Mickey is definitely a huge reason I was drawn more towards the women if that makes sense and like I said I wasn't intending to start a podcast but it only felt natural that once I started it to kind of go down this path of interviewing and interacting with a lot of women in wrestling and it's not women just women exclusive I've had a couple of my friends in there who are wrestlers content creators journalists etc that are non-female so I've definitely had them too but definitely Mickey's been a huge influence if that makes sense
0: Oh, yeah, it definitely does. And it's completely understandable. But I think you're the first female podcaster I've come across throughout my time in the wrestling community. One, that's awesome. Two, it's awesome to see that you're keeping that story going with everyone, that you want to learn about how they came about, and you Mm want to spread the word about female podcasting and all female wrestlers that are out there. So that's awesome to hear again. I'd say that was a big move when you decided to drop out of grad school just to do this podcast. I thought me not concentrating in class in high school was bad because I'd spend eight hours a day watching wrestling. It gets to you. So kudos to you, the podcast is going great. You're getting the opportunity to do some really cool stuff
1: like I said, it was kind of spontaneous. I just kind of bought everything and did a bunch of research and then just tested it out. And I can't believe it. It's been a year and a half now. And to see how far I've come is just crazy. And but it's just a testament that if like your heart isn't in something to just go for it, you never know until you try it out. Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: And again, as all the guests on every episode say, just go for it. Don't take a step back and think if you're going to succeed or not, just go for it. If you get your foot in the door, you'll definitely make it. If not, you learn from it and you can keep going. So that's the best way to do it. And now talking about learning from what you do, 2020 was probably one of the most bizarre years in wrestling and promotions got hit hard. And we saw WWE jump into the Performance Center, have very silent crowds or no crowds at all, which kind of made it weird to watch a match. And then they made the big jump to the Thunderdome, which again, was an absolutely amazing idea. AEW had their own thing. They put up some amazing show, even though it was their first year in business. And I feel they did absolutely amazing. And they even became the first promotion to have about 20% of live crowds in there. That was a great thing to do. Because it kind of gave you that vibe again that, hey, I'm watching a live crowd again, so it's going to be much better. But do you think that 2021 is the time where promotions should just throw the script away, talk to the superstars, and give them full control of how they want to run their storylines and how they want to sell themselves along with their matches to the audience?
1: I want to say yes but I feel like there needs to be some happy medium of I don't believe that things should be like word for word script. I feel like there should be like a rough outline and then the superstars are trained and like they should be trusted to at least give them a rough outline and then they can kind of wing it from there just so like they stay on topic and stuff. Word for word just seems so forced and rehearsed sometimes so I feel like there needs to be some happy medium unless it's like a very very seasoned superstar who is amazing then I would say full creative control is allotted maybe give them a chance though for full creative control and see how it goes. You never know. Everybody's trying new things. Maybe for a couple shows, you can just let superstars do what they want within reason, of course. But I feel like sometimes there needs to be at least a rough outline. So the producers and stuff can still get across what they intend and what they want to, if that makes sense. So I feel like there needs to be some happy medium, but I'm all for, if they want to try out for a few shows with like full creative control and go for it. And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then, like go to like a rough outline. But I hate like word for word scripting. You can definitely tell when something is not natural and it's kind of forced on a superstar or a wrestler. So yeah, I feel like a happy medium or if they want to go for a few shows, of full creative control just to see how it goes, go for it. What do you think?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I think that the superstars going through the entire process of learning how that story runs and how they should really sell themselves to the audience have learned enough whether it be the big names or the names who are just starting out if companies like WWE and AW want to just transition over to giving the bigger names or the established names a chance to run their own thing yeah. and have their own chance of running the storyline that would be perfect for names who are just coming up whether it be through NXT or any developmental territories I'd say that teach them, script a few things for them, show them how it's done. And then from there, just push them in the right direction, let them learn through their mistakes. And you never know, a lot of these superstars in all promotions around the world who barely get seen or who barely get that opportunity to prove themselves to A, the promotion runners, and B, to the fans, might get that opportunity to outshine everyone and become the next big thing. And that was exactly the case with Daniel Bryan. He got, was it a zero or it was a really bad score on his future planning or future character work. Yet, he's still one of the biggest names in wrestling today.
1: He took off with that yes movement when he was given freedom. And look how that turned out for him. They made the whole WrestleMania main event around him that year. And so he's definitely come so far. Yeah, he has.
0: And till the day I die, he will be one of my favorite superstars on the roster. That just goes to prove that don't give them a hundred percent if you don't want to give them a hundred percent, but Hey, here's 10% of creative control. You do what you do best and let us handle the parts. You can just tell us what you can do, tell us what you want us to do or the other way around, however it works. But it's really important that a superstar gets their say in this well, because I read an article that said that Elias was punished because he tried to pitch in creatively. So that's why he's not being put on shows. Now I don't know how true that is, how true that isn't, but if that is the case, that's kind of a stretch for a company and a superstar if they're trying to pitch in creatively. But however, it's a bit like that for WWE. There's
1: nothing wrong with just pitching an idea. Of course you wanna be involved in something. Why? i hope oh my people pitch ideas all the time and they're not punished for it it's not like he was going out there and enacting it with no approval or permission yeah
0: it doesn't make sense to me either but again i don't know how much of the stuff yeah who knows but i mean i don't think you can go wrong with a guy like elias even if he has like one bad segment there's no way people aren't going to chant with him run for his gimmick and join in whenever he starts singing or has that chant of the who wants to walk with the lies. There's no way. And seeing a guy like him not being put on shows just because he's trying to supposedly pitch ideas for his character creatively, I don't think was a good shout. But again, however, companies want to run themselves, I guess. But it's best right now I feel with superstars in the indie promotions because they're not really tied up that much with creative control from yeah. producers or showrunners. So I feel like it's really cool to watch those superstars come up. But again, in some context, do you feel that a hundred percent control is the best way to go?
1: A hundred percent no, unless they're very, very established and trustworthy. I feel like they could, like I said, if they want to do it for like a couple weeks or whatever to see how it goes. And if it draws ratings or crowds, then sure. But, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know how that would work out. I feel like it would have to be a trial and error thing. I really want to because I think everybody should have control over what they want to do. But you never know how successful it's going to be. I feel like they can try it out and see how it works out, whether it draws viewers and watchers and listeners and stuff to try it. Um, I'm not against that. So I guess it would have to be like a trial and error thing. What do you think?
0: Well, I'm trying to figure out the best way to go. And I have that written down in my notes. Trial and error will go a long way. Yeah, And since there aren't any fans currently present in the thunderdome or however they're doing shows i think it'll be a good try because wrestling fans don't really filter stuff they just say how it is if they don't like something someone's done they're going to tell you right away so hey the fans didn't like this it's time we take that much control over what you're doing and we're going to send you out there with the right stuff
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but In another sense, I do see the reason why someone like WWE as a company would want 100% control over their superstars. They didn't get this far with giving everyone on the roster a free run and saying, hey, go do your thing. Mm -hmm. It's because of the brains behind everyone backstage that they've gotten this far. So I'm not against it. But I'm against the fact that superstars aren't always given that 100% or just like 5% of what they want to do out mm-hmm. there.
1: It's basically nothing. Yeah, it's all the writers, producers, everybody backstage like writing them and then just handing them a script. Yeah, I feel like there should be some creative freedom for sure. And we don't see that a lot unless it's like a very seasoned veteran.
0: Would it be with a seasoned veteran? I'm not sure, because I feel a lot of the veterans who came back recently, whether it be Batista, whether it be Ric Flair, or people like that, or even Shawn Michaels, they might have been scripted to some point. I'm not sure.
1: That's a good point. We never really know what goes on.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's why Vince McMahon is known as the big brains behind all the operations. So... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't question a man like that, because one, I'm scared of a guy who's built <laughs> that big at 70 something yeah. years old, and a man who has that much power to say, all right, bye-bye, you're off TV. So
1: Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I,
0: I, I wouldn't want to mess with him or question his decisions. But let's, mo- let's move on to AEW with this. AEW has taken the more unorthodox approach and- despite them having a really packed roster, we've gotten to see pretty much everyone on there. Whether it be superstars who are just coming up or who have just started off in the business, they're all getting a chance, whether it be on Dynamite or Dark. So what do you think in terms of control AEW should do? Should they keep going with the same thing or should they start taking more control of characters and scripts themselves?
1: I think on Dark, they're doing incredible because they're showcasing a lot of talent, whether it's like from the indies. Like lately, we've been seeing a lot of the Texas scene. Like we saw Vert Vixen, we saw Jasmine Allure, Maddie Rankowski, uh, Alex Gracia, Thunder Rosa, et cetera. And so I feel like Dark has been a great place to showcase independent talent that we haven't seen on a greater stage. But I feel like they're doing a great job with the men's roster on Dynamite. But I feel like besides Dark Order, the women aren't being in like a longevity storyline. Sometimes they're just kind of thrown together with everything. And so I feel like Hikaru Shida is incredible and she deserves to have an opponent or storyline that is consistent and fluid. And so I feel like the men are doing amazing on their show, but they haven't had a women on for like like a constant women's storyline for a long while so i feel like dark is doing amazing but dynamite they need to focus more on their women's division and putting together and like an amazing storyline for all that
0: yeah definitely aw has i believe the best approach right now in terms of just showcasing their superstars so i feel like whether it be showing those superstars on a much higher level or whether it be giving those superstars a chance to prove themselves and move on to the big leagues mm-hmm. aw's been able to do that really well and when it comes to the women i would say that yes they do deserve a better opportunity i feel like what wwe did with evolution the first ever women's pay-per-view aw can go down the same road because they have such a huge number of females on the roster yeah i feel like I feel like they can go down that same road and give everyone a chance to showcase themselves and find the next big superstars.
1: Yeah I definitely agree. I have so many high hopes for AEW and like I love AEW I just hope that they start to showcase people more because they definitely have the potential and the ability to perform on a greater level for sure.
0: Definitely. In terms of putting up content on TV, do you think that both companies have slacked somehow, despite the pandemic, if it just were on um, being repetitive or showing the same superstars too many times?
1: i feel like they definitely have stuck with at least for wwe with the same women over and over again and like the women have been incredible who they've pushed not to take away anything from them i feel like though they've been sort of creative you know we got to see like a couple cinematic matches like a boneyard match we got to see bray wyatt and john cena they've had a couple like great moments i just feel like especially in like a 3 hour show for raw they have the chance to showcase their entire roster and the fact that they are not is ridiculous and so I feel like just some people aren't given a chance sometimes to showcase everything and so I agree with you they haven't been showcasing everybody and I feel like they've had their moments they've had some people who have been great and then they sometimes at least with Raw their viewership has been dropping a lot lately although it's been really intriguing with like Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton lately I feel like if they're gonna only focus on a certain storyline they need to develop a way to craft and progress that storyline that's effective. If they're not going to showcase other superstars, really hone in on a storyline to make it captivating and intriguing for an audience. I think AEW has been doing great things to captivate an audience every week. I really have no complaints there besides showcasing the women more. They've been successful in their content. So I think AEW is doing really, really well. WWE, like I said, if they're not going to showcase everybody, they need to at least focus in on improving their current storylines, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. And it's funny that you mentioned Raw because as of the 31st of December, Asuka was the most televised superstar yeah. out of any male or female on the WWE roster. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain if Asuka's on my TV every like two hours mm-hmm. or three hours a week because, A, her starting to rant in Japanese is hilarious. And <laughs> yeah, What she does to back it up in the ring, I have no complaints
1: she's definitely one of those people too who has especially stepped up this year Yes, yeah, sometimes I have to admit I like I love Asuka sometimes it's just like I want to see somebody else but she's been able to successfully be that utility player for WWE because she's very trusted and great in the ring so I think she's done a phenomenal job yes it would be great to sometimes see some other people put into her position or showcased but Asuka's done a great job at you know carrying the division this year so no. Complains really here for me. She's done a great job at being a utility player and a champion when she was needed the most.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that comes on to what every wrestler and fan wants to see in the future with fantasy matches. And I'm sure you have a few of your own, and I have a few written down of my own. Now, most of these are Matches that we'll probably never get, but these are crossover matches that definitely have to happen some point down the line. Whether it be from AEW, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, any promotion out there, who would you say you want to see have a crossover match?
1: the first match i thought of that actually maybe happened was diana perrazzo versus hikaru shida basically champion versus champion for impact in the aew i think that would be incredible because well anyone versus hikaru shida is incredible <laughs> especially with this impact in aew crossover we've seen seeing champion versus champion in some capacity would basically prove like who has the elite women's division i love diana and i love hikaru shida so i would love Love to see how they would battle that and plus you have kimberly and diana's corner into so i feel like kimberly would have something up her sleeve so you never know but i'm interested to hear some of yours too well
0: the first one i have on here is probably something that njpw fans have wanted to see but couldn't mm-hmm. get at the time was aj styles versus kenny omega
1: oh yeah oh that would yeah. be pure magic yeah
0: Yeah, that would definitely be amazing to watch. And it's sad we didn't get to see it earlier because as soon as AJ Styles left, Kenny Omega arrived and kind of took his place. To see these two in a crossover match, Mm -hmm. I will pay a good amount of money. I don't care if there are any other matches on the card. I will watch these guys for three hours straight without any questions
1: how could you not like they're high flying and so charismatic and like larger than life and so i mean they've both been at the top for many many times so how could you not i still can't believe that we haven't gotten that it's just crazy
0: i mean you never know just styles might decide to head back to new japan and we might finally get that but this is the one i want to see happen because it's like two of the biggest families going mm. up against each other so triple h stephanie mcmahon and shay mcmahon versus cody brandy and dustin Rhodes.
1: family versus family hmm. that would be really fun to especially see brandy versus stephanie in the ring <laughs> to see what hijinks they could come up with oh and then uh, triple h and cody and then you have dustin and shay that oh That'd be really, really fun. I really wish that a lot of these dream matches could like actually happen because just think about like the mark that they could have on wrestling history and like the crowd that they could draw in. And just to think about that is so enticing, and I really wish that they could happen. You have some really good ones. Oh, this is hard, too, because there's so many talented people. Oh, my goodness. Hmm.
0: I don't think you can go wrong with this, Mac, because both Cody... Goldust, and I'm going to call it Goldust because I'm referring to the WWE part of them. And Brandy have been employed by WWE. They've been there for a good number of years. Goldust there for decades. But now for them to go up against Triple H, Stephanie, and Shane as it being a WWE versus AEW crossover match. That would kind of cement their names as who's the bigger promotion or who we really want to see make it further Mm -hmm. in the business. And without a doubt, both these businesses have come so far with AEW just a year and WWE with so many years under its belt. I'm kind of torn over what type of stipulation this would have, but I definitely want to see this down the line.
1: I feel like for me... It'd be really fun to see the Motor City machine guns against, like new day or the street (laughs) profits just to see what like high flying stuff they could come up with because they're all so athletic and they're able to pull off some funny moments too so i would love to see alex shelley and like kofi kingston in a ring together i think that would be amazing but also weird to see i think that'd be really really fun oh my god there's so many to think about because the market is huge for wrestling and there's so many talent out there that making like a dream match is hard you have some great options though
0: these just come off the top of my head and what people Uh have wanted to see for Mm -hmm. so long that it kind of turns into that discussion point of how we want to see it and just make it happen but you just mentioned the, the new day i have them down against the dark order
1: that would be very very interesting
0: (laughs) (laughs) the new day showing the power of positivity and the Mm -hmm. dark order just slamming that shut i'm trying to imagine how the power of positivity and the dark order would clash imagine the clash of gimmicks clash of mindsets
1: xavier wood would be playing his what trumpet or whatever in like their faces would be so funny
0: oh my gosh (laughs) And the big E throwing pancakes at everyone. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest one I have down here, comedy wise and just entertainment wise, would be R Truth versus Orange Cassidy.
1: Oh my God. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Orange Cassidy would just be standing there, and then R Truth would be like running circles around him or like doing the splits in the middle of the ring. I want to book that match. That would be incredible. Orange Cassidy would just be chilling, and then R-Truth would be running around everywhere. That'd be so funny.
0: I mean, R-Truth could have a two-on-one advantage because he'd have little Jimmy <laughs> little with him. Jimmy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then Orange Cassidy could do something really, really witty with little Jimmy, like choke slamming hammer or something, or doing something really, really <laughs> funny.
0: I just want to see the hands in the pocket kip up from Orange Cassidy and mm-hmm. R Truth just losing his mind over that.
1: Be like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want this to happen in WWE setting. I want this to happen in AEW setting. Yeah. Just because I want to see R Truth's reaction to accidentally walking onto an AEW set and thinking it's WWE.
1: My bad. <laughs> I'd <laughs> like, oops, my bad. <laughs> What would really be fun, too, you mentioned Elias earlier. For some reason, I just think of Elias and his guitar, and then I think of like Adam Page on top of his horse for some reason. (laughs) So to do something with a horse and a guitar seems really intriguing to me with Hangman Adam Page versus Elias. I think that could be really, really fun. I don't know how it would work. It might have to be like a cinematic match, but that would be really, really fun, I think.
0: The only thing I ask from when it comes to Adam Page and his horse is please chase down Sammy Guevara again. That is the only (laughs) thing that I want to say. That was so
1: funny. (sighs) Oh, man, that'd be so funny. Or like Elias is in the middle of a concert, and then you just see Adam Page coming out to the curtain on his horse and then like destroying the equipment. That would be so funny.
0: (laughs) Being Elias, he'll probably try to swing his guitar at Adam Page on the horse. So yeah. that'll be funny to watch. As and funny then Adam as Dodges. that there's so much that you can't go wrong with in wrestling mm-hmm. that whether it be interpromotion matches or mm-hmm. just superstars going up against like in unsanctioned matches. Yeah. If you're a writer listening from WWE or if you know a writer listening from WWE or AW, make it happen. Like unsanctioned interpromotion matches. No one cares what happens, but just give us the matches.
1: I mean, you can't go wrong. You never know until you try. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If not, it's still entertaining.
0: I'm pretty sure WWE and AEW would make up for their lost budgets yeah. and
1: budget <laughs> cuts
0: just through like one, one of these matches yeah. if they were to happen.
1: Book it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the last one I have here is something that I've heard from a lot of people and personally wanted myself. But... Because of time and their careers not really crossing paths, I don't think that we'll get to see this, but it's something that definitely should happen. The Undertaker versus Sting.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of people have been pushing for that. I think, well, hopefully it's Undertaker's like official retirement. But... Oh. Just imagine, because they're two, like, dark characters, what they could do in that ring together. A lot of people have been talking about it with Sting just coming back to AEW. But then Undertaker, well, not unfortunately, but he's had a very, very long career. It's been 30 years. So, I mean, they're both not in their prime. But, I mean, we just saw Undertaker in a Boneyard match. He's still able to be new and refreshing and, like, unique. So, Oh man, that'd be a great one as well. A lot of people have been pushing for that. I've seen too.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I think this was, as I discussed this with other guests, I think this one passed its prime. It should have happened. Westing faced Triple H at WrestleMania right after that. Somewhere yeah. down the line, it should have happened. <laughs> but I mean, you never know. Never say never in wrestling. Retirement really means nothing in wrestling anymore. It's just saying that <laughs> hey, see you later. But yeah, please make this match happen. It would bring in the ratings and it would bring in the big bucks.
1: Definitely. I mean, we've seen Shawn Michaels come back after eight years of retirement. Now, granted, I mean, Undertaker's... Oh, no, Undertaker's actually younger than Shawn Michaels. I just remembered that. But still, yeah. I have to agree. Yeah, uh, uh, Shawn Michaels... Oh. No, am I right? No, Shawn Michaels is 55. Undertaker, I believe, is only like 51 or 52. So okay. they're only a few years apart. But I mean, like you said, retirement really means nothing. I mean, we've seen so many people come back like Trish Stratus three or four times after her retirement. And granted, she's still pretty young. But I mean, I definitely agree. It should have been like a couple years ago <laughs> when they were still kind of active, like very active. So I definitely have to agree with that. I can't really top that. You came up with some great options. I really can't top that, I think. that I think it's just a dream match for everybody, and then especially AJ Styles and Kenny Omega. I know what match I want within WWE, but in crossovers. We'll
0: go with that if you want to.
1: Well, one match that I am still shocked we have never seen is Charlotte versus Mickey James. mickey has been back for, what, like four years now, and we've never seen it. So I'm hoping that we somehow see it this year. So I'm praying to the gods that we finally see like two of the best of all time square off in the ring together. I just want to see what they would do together.
0: And that would be amazing. But for that, instead of Charlotte... I have Lita in mind because both are high flyers. Mm. They can do amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'll ever get over watching Lita as a kid do everything that she did. So yeah. having Charlotte go up against her would be a dream match for me.
1: Moonsault versus Salt. I would love to see that. That, ooh, that would be great, especially with all the high flying athleticism they both have. That'd yeah. be great.
0: It would be. I think if we stretch this long enough, we're going to be here forever with the dream matches. To end this part, why don't you give us one last match that you have in mind?
1: Now, do they have to be current? Anything. You know what? In his prime, I would love to see a super kick uh, show off against Shawn Michaels versus the Young Bucks. That'd be super fun to see kind of the sweet chin music versus the super kick party. That would be really fun to see because they're all super athletic and charismatic and have great resilience in the ring. I think like Shawn Michaels in his prime against the Young Bucks would have been amazing to see. And whether it's like a two on one thing or we have Nick or Matt against Shawn and then the other is in their corner would be incredible to see. That's definitely a dream matchup of mine.
0: I don't think you can do anything but super kicks in that match.
1: Yeah. <laughs> super kick after super kick. It's
0: like Shawn Michael gets hit with a super kick, kicks up again, gets hit with another super kick.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a super kick train. <laughs> uh, I th- it'd just be really funny to me, I think. And plus, Shawn Michaels is my favorite of all time. So I think that'd be really fun to see.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think if Shawn Michaels were to come back again as like a singles superstar, I wouldn't be against it. This of like a few matches, let him give it a go and let him try his best mm-hmm. and do what he did back in the day and entertain everyone.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Having discussed so much and having booked fantasy matches with crossovers with your favorite female superstar, have you ever thought of stepping in the ring and going against your favorite superstar?
1: I'm going to be honest. I have not. I did a lot of sports growing up and I've been asked this question before, but I am not in amazing shape as I used to be. And plus I have vertigo. So I feel like I'd be very disoriented. Like if I've moved too fast, I get all disoriented and nauseous so like maybe like five years ago yeah totally when I was in shape from all sports and all of that but now I would say no I'm happy with being on like the interviewer backstage like an announcer thing would be cool maybe like a one-off if I had like training maybe because they're trained and they're safe maybe but I feel like now I'm just not in as great shape as I would like to say. But I mean, never say never. Maybe as a one-off, sure, that'd be a great like thing off your bucket list. It's just I'm not in as great shape as I used to be. And I think, honestly, it'd be really intimidating to step in the ring with like your favorite person, even if they're so trusted and everything, because they're amazing. And then you have like a newbie who has no idea what they're doing. So yes and no at the same time.
0: I can understand that. But if I were to guess right, I'd say you want to go up against Mickey James, if you could.
1: Yep. How did you know? You're a mind reader. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: you said, never say never. But down the line, you're getting to work on a project with her. Like you never know, it might present itself. My
1: God. (laughs) I would be so nervous, but also like so excited and thrilled. So, I mean, yeah, never say never. I mean, I wouldn't pass up the opportunity if it arose.
0: Imagine getting that email like, hey, we need you on the show tomorrow. You're going to face off against Mickey James.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'd have everybody booing me (laughs) because I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) But it's fine. I trust her. She's great in the ring. I feel like I'd be okay, maybe.
0: (laughs) The thing with Mickey James, I feel like, is that... No matter who she goes up against, and this is something I've noticed with most of the past wrestlers that I watched up growing, is that it doesn't matter who they go up against, they will try to run the match the best they can, and Mm -hmm. then help the superstar they're going up against, even if they don't know what they're doing. That's one thing that I've always loved about wrestling.
1: Yeah, especially, too, when the veterans are kind of uh, putting over the newer talent who maybe aren't as experienced, and they have that level of trust and safety in the ring that is, like, very high. And so it's great to see, too, that veterans working with younger talent and putting them over and being able to make them look good, but also still showcase themselves at the same time.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think we've covered all the bases for this episode. It's been awesome speaking to you and especially having a listen to your show and hearing from so many of the female superstars and hearing their perspective of everything. So if the listeners want to go through your podcast, where can they find you and where can they reach you at on social media?
1: So you can listen to A Wrestling Gal podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, basically wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow A Wrestling Gal on Twitter and Instagram at A Wrestling Gal. And you can follow my account at It's Ella J on Twitter for updates or you can find everything on A Wrestling Gal dot com.
0: Awesome. So make sure you support the show and you check out the website and you do have a Wrestling Gal merch available on the website too.
1: I do. It's a WrestlingGal.com slash shop. I have a Wrestling Gal logo tees. I have a lot of really, really cool wrestling merch that I design all myself. Um, there's some girl power ones. I have stickers, beanies, hoodies, shirts, a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's been really fun to create those too
0: awesome so it's all the good stuff make sure you support ella check out the podcast check out the website and if you want to catch previous episodes make sure you check out the wrestlecast with Josie on google podcast apple podcast spotify deezer stitcher wherever you get your podcasts we're literally everywhere and make sure you check out at real russell dude on twitter at The Wrestlegram on Instagram and The Wrestling Dude on YouTube to check out videos of interviews coming real soon, along with a lot of puns and advice from past guests. Ella, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much once again for coming on as a guest, and we hope to have you again.
1: Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a pleasure.
0: And with that, make sure you support the show, check everything out. I've been Shozi and until next time.